0: Welcome to the K-pop cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop. This week, we'll hook you up with some of the hottest songs and spiciest Hallyu content recommendations. Joining us this week, we've got K-pop Sociology, a Korean-American content creator making videos about K-pop since 2009. And K-pop Sociology, welcome to the show. Before we hit record on this episode you were you're telling me about what prompted you to start making videos I was wondering if you could uh, share that background with our listeners
1: yes thank you so much for having me hi everyone I was born and raised in Seoul South Korea so naturally fell in love with K-pop since the first generation 90s days and moved over to the U.S. Uh, kind of during my childhood and as a bilingual Bicultural cultural person, I noticed that a lot of things or some of the things were kind of getting lost in translation when it came to understanding and consuming K-pop in an English-speaking world. So I wanted to bridge that gap, started making YouTube videos since 2009 and have been an avid fan since.
0: Well, welcome, K-pop sociology. So glad that we actually have a real... Legit Korean American, Korean perspective on things. So,
2: always very importantly needed. And not just that, but the fact that you have been in K pop since 2009 or before, right? So, like, you have a very long history with it. So, yes, that's my the coolest part. First um,
1: idol was Boa. Um, oh. And the first ever CD I ever owned was her 2002 album, number one. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah, Bo is an entry for many. And up next, we've got Virginia Duan, a.k.a. the thirstiest sugar stan in the world, Mandarin Mama. So welcome, Virginia, to the, to the show. I, I think listeners should be familiar with you by now, right? Yeah.
2: To, to their detriment, probably, but know. Yes. No, no,
0: no. And um, I'm DJ Peter Lowe, the the guy who started this podcast, been around forever, K-pop DJ. Okay, well, before we dive into K-pop hit replays and hallyu content recommendations and things, um, don't forget to join the Slack where we can participate, chat with other listeners. I know I saw a few of our listeners were actually meeting up in person without us oh, at cool. concerts and stuff. So, yeah, um, you can build a community there. And you can also sign up for a hard-hitting editorial in your email inbox. So we've got a newsletter And both those things you can sign up for. Links to both of them will be in the episode description of this episode. And now, our hit replays. All right, so K-pop sociology, kick us off. What's your hit replay this week?
1: Yes, my hit replay for this week is Forever One by Girls' Generation. The Queens are back from Second Generation. They released their 15 year anniversary album earlier this month, and I'm so excited for everyone to take a listen. anybody who might not be familiar, uh, Girls' Generation basically ruled the world. They were probably one of the most iconic girl groups of second-generation K-pop from the 2000 era. They're one of the top grossing girl group tours next to Spice Girls and Destiny's Child. Uh, They debuted with a song, Into the New World, from SM Entertainment in 2007. And their top hits include songs like G, I Got a Boy. The Boys, Mr. Taxi, and Oh. Do you remember a G? Like G, I think, claimed the top number one spot on KBS's music bank for like nine consecutive weeks, which was the longest at the time. And also on Melon, which is one of the most popular kind of stream music streaming charts in Korea, the most popular song of the 2000s decade. So they're truly legendary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I've seen people say on, like, internet forums and things, like, oh, how popular was Girls' Generation compared to Twice and Blackpink? And they were, what? More popular. They they were, like, you know, it's not just, like, the, the people into K-pop knew about them. It was, like, G is, like, the the
1: national anthem. <laughs> yeah, it caused the skinny-gene revolution in Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people wore those colorful skinny jeans in, you know, bright blue, bright yellow, pink. That was very popular in 2009-2010. And I think G was the first K-pop music video to reach 10 million views on YouTube, and keep in wow. mind YouTube was, you know, relatively new in 2009. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So huge, groundbreaking.
2: I mean, I even heard of them cuz one of my uh, friends was a huge, he was a huge stan and he I used to make fun of him for traveling all these places go see them in concert and I'm like what are you doing you old man watching these people and now I am that old woman <laughs> traveling to see BTS in concert <laughs> so I'm like well karma's fun uh,
1: he was an early adopter I think one other thing important thing to note is that they debuted as a nine member group so oh, Taeyang, oh yeah right OT9 Taeyeon Sunny Tiffany Hyoyeon Yuri Sooyoung Yuna Sooyeon and Jessica um, actually left in 2014. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how much to go into that. There's a lot of stuff there, but I'll just leave it as that. The eight girls, even though they're part of different entertainment companies, some of them have left SM Entertainment and some of them even transitioned into acting careers, have actually come back for this uh, 15-year anniversary. So I guess just kind of transitioning into why I think this is a good hit replay is, you know, I feel like Girls' Generation is paving the way for older K-pop groups and their reunions. The vocals are super sentimental, and the fact that folks from different entertainment companies and labels can come together to make something like this happen kind of sets precedent for other groups. Also, the person who wrote the lyrics for this song, Forever One, is the same person who wrote the lyrics for their debut song, Into the New World, in 2007. So if you listen to the lyrics kind of closely, there's a connection, kind of like a call and response between these two songs, which are 15 years apart.
2: Oh, I was wondering, because when I saw the video, I was like, oh, this seems very much for the fans and was very like, nostalgic and i was like oh i bet you they're calling back to a lot of their old videos or songs so that's cool
1: one of them in one of the lines it says and in the 2022 version they say which is when i think of you i become strong and then the 2022 version says i became strong because i thought of you so a lot of plays Mm. like that just makes it so sentimental and i'm so proud to see them back
2: they yeah. look good too, I have to say. I mean, obviously they're in entertainment, but like, <laughs> but uh, everyone's like, in their 30s, which
1: is actually very young <laughs> <laughs> compared to the, you know, girl groups who were born in 2007. You know,
2: yes. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah, no, they look so good. I was like, well, all right, then I'm clearly doing something wrong. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah, it but is. I,
0: I, I lived, um, all those little Easter eggs that you're, you're describing K-pop sociology in the song. Like there's just so many parallels, both musical and like lyrical and visual motifs back to, into the new world. Like I, I I keep seeing those two songs as like bookends Mm -hmm. um, as a career. Like, obviously like it's not the end uh, for Girls' Generation, but that's what it currently feels like at, at this chapter. Like that. Okay. We've closed this chapter. That opened with Into the New World.
2: Yeah. Well, they, do you think they'll keep the name Girls' Generation or they'll change it into like Women's Generation? Because <laughs> oh. like, like BTS makes that same joke, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Right? yeah they'll be like, are we going to be like Bulletproof? One of the
1: sayings that they say is right now it's Girls' Generation. Tomorrow it'll be girls' generation and forever will be girls' generation. Mm-hmm. That's the three part chant. So, as oh. someone who has liked them since they were quote unquote girls, I hope mm-hmm. they stay that way. Like the song Forever, forever One.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I
1: dig it.
0: And I, I've actually heard Tiffany say in interview, English interviews before. Girls generation forever bitches. That's so, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like it, it, I think it's for he- here to stay for the foreseeable future.
2: I think the comma placement on that statement is important.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good hit replay. Um I'm glad we were able to work in Ghost Generation into this. Oh, quick side note, quick anecdote. Like I did a um I DJed random dance game recently, and I played this song. And no one knew it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I died. I, I died a little bit on the inside. I was like, do you not know who these girls are? The legendary but I think,
1: girls generation.
0: Yeah. I think it just shows you how quickly like K-pop as the scene moves that even though you can be like top of the game, like, you know, just a few years ago, not not even that many years ago to the newbies. Like, you know, they 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 still have a lot to learn about the classics.
2: I'm just curious, like, uh, so in the Bay Area, they have all these, like, I'm really bitter that they call it the oldies stations now, but like all these <gasps> oldies stations, but they play like 80s, 90s, 2000s mm-hmm. hip hop mm-hmm. almost exclusively, right? So I'm just curious, is there like a comparable scene for K pop? Like, do you, are there like second gen, first gen radio stations in Korea where people would like, Mm. hear their Mm. old faves or is it just perpetually new
1: that's a really interesting question i wish i knew the answer to um but my guess i haven't lived in korea for a while and i don't drive around there so i don't listen to the radio too much but my guess educated guess would be that uh the structure of having like music radio stations that play a lot of songs with like unique niche tastes is more of an American thing and less of a Korean Mm. thing. I see radios in Korea mostly play what you would call top 40 or like the most popular songs more. But that might be because of my taste. (laughs) There (laughs) might totally be, um, you know, niche stations that cater to that audience, but none that I'm aware of at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. And the clubs here, it's like, it still feels like everyone uses that as an excuse to do like random dance game flex. I know the choreography, Gen 4 mm. kids, but like Aww. some 21 and up clubs, like it's only Gen 2 hits. And those are my favorite to DJ.
2: Yes. I would go to those.
0: Yeah. Okay. But let, let's move along here. So Virginia, what's your hit replay?
2: My hit replay is Jackson Wings. I, I feel like of all my hit replays are always Jackson Wang. Hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I love Jackson Wang. So up next is Jackson Wing's latest single, Cruel, on the upcoming Magic Man album. It's the single after Blow. And so let's listen to that. so I love Jackson Wang uh he is one-seventh of the k-pop group GOT7 he's Chinese of Chinese descent from Shanghai and uh he does all these things like Sings is a record producer fashion designer music video director uh the founder of the record label Team Wang and the creative director and lead designer for fashion brand Team Wang Design and uh I don't think he ever f- takes a break. You forgot Olympic fencer, oh, yeah. right? Well, right. He, he wasn't technically an Olympic okay, fencer. Okay, sure, but that level. He was competing he was, at that level. Yeah, and he was, and he pretty much was either going to go into the Junior Olympics and continue that route, but then I think it was a JYP scout came to his school in uh, Hong Kong, and so he's just like, oh, I guess I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did. And I just love him so very, very, very much And uh, it's probably because I'm also Chinese and or Taiwanese And he is, and so there's a, another Level of relating But uh, the song is like a rock twist On like hip-hop and R&B It kind of sounds like a hip-hop version Of Arctic Monkeys' Do I Wanna Know Because that's the same mm. vibe uh, And it's, it's talking about like The cruelty of love Or like this really toxic Relationship, how those woman only likes him when he's cold or like mean and um it's fun to like watch on tv or like see in a movie terrible to actually live (laughs) Mm. right but i feel like most people can probably relate because you've been in at least one or two toxic relationships in your life before you're like nope none of that anymore so i just i really like it and it's just it's just sexy that video though i'm telling you if you haven't seen the mv you have to watch it. He has these amazing dancers. I think Blair is her name. Is like one of the, the main adversary, and he like he plays his backup dancers like guitars. And you're like, I'll be a guitar. <laughs> I'm like, please play me. Okay. Um, that's why you invited me on the podcast, oh, Peter. Sure. Right
0: for thirsty <laughs> comments like that. Yeah,
2: right. and he's always shirtless. So what's that's it's not to enjoy about a person who does that.
1: I noticed that Jackson is not only the writer of the song, but also, like you said, the creative director, the movement director. So I'm guessing he also had a lot of say in the choreography. And I always give a lot of credit to artists who produce their own music, direct their own kind of videos and, and dances.
2: Yeah, he's improved a lot. Because I will say some of his like first forays, I was like, ah! how i feel about this <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know what fendi man really grew on me so whatever <laughs> i saw recently he was
0: made a honorary member of the kinjas like for oh. his uh they were in his um what is it 100 Hundred ways. ways yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I, look there's no denying that k-pop idols work extremely hard and you don't always see that on a camera but externally speaking like Jackson Wang works so hard <laughs> like, yeah, he's just I agree. doing all these things he like he doesn't sleep he just goes nonstop he does like on, on top of like all these things that he does in production and creating he also does so much in promotion itself like he goes on really extensive radio tours and interviews and I don't know what keeps him going I think coffee. <laughs>
1: I, I saw in a video that he like grinds a bunch of spinach and chicken oh, right. breast yeah. and eats it for breakfast. <laughs> it's
2: so gross. Yeah. It's like, oh. That's,
1: that's what keeps him going. <laughs> that's, it's like cat
2: food at that point, right? Like, yeah. hey, like ew. no, the thing is, I think when he was, when Got Seven was more active, he would work six months out of the year in China and do his own thing. And then the other six months, he would be promoting with Got Seven. Right. Like, and I mean I don't I don't like commenting on people's like bodies or faces or whatever, but he looks tired sometimes. And I'm just Aww. like please take a nap. <laughs> like, I'm tired keeping up with all the things that you do. Please yeah. take a nap.
0: <laughs> like honestly, like you could spend all your free time just consuming his content because just oh, yeah. so
2: much. And-, and he's been on Steezy a lot lately to promote his Magic Man stuff. Mm-hmm. The the dance YouTube channel and like ah. So it's uh, really cool.
0: All right. Much love for Jackson Wang. So great, great hit replay, uh, Virginia. So we'll move into my hit replay. And my hit replay has actually been out for a while now. I was actually debating between this and Ashby's latest song, which just came out. But it's Me Who Prevails. And it's her progressive acoustic friendly song, (laughs) Hartford. Didn't know Lee Sunmi Or K-pop sociology What's the proper pronunciation Lee Sunmi
2: Lee Sunmi
0: Very good Oh what? No, no, you're No I'm I'm certain I did not say it correctly Sunmi Yes Sun. Okay Um She's, she's been around since the Wonder Girls that's um, right. like way back when like oh. like OG Wonder Girls with Hyuna it's always fun to see like Hyuna and, and and Sunmi together like on stages because you know they've got a history together mm-hmm.
2: um, we but like Hyuna Hyuna with uh, Dawn yeah yeah that that, cool. Yana, yeah yeah that that yeah yeah Jenna was like
0: for the briefest of moments in the Wonder Girls um mm-hmm. yeah with, with Sunmi and Sunmi actually wasn't in the Wonder Girls consistently she was there from the debut in 2007 i think yes
1: yes and then she dropped out while they were promoting in the US in 2010 So she was there for the first three most active kind of popular years when Irony, Tell Me, So Hot and Nobody came out. And then she dropped out. A new member named Herim came in and then she went back in. Other members switched out. A a lot more kind of member swaps. But yes, she debuted in 2007 with Hyuna.
0: That's right. And so she had a few like solo songs at JYP while she was still there. Full Moon. That was the JYP and Brave Brothers That's right. Song. And um, 24 Hours. These were both more sultry oriented songs. And then in 2015, oh no, excuse me. And then in 2017, she left JYP and she joined Make Us Entertainment, now known as Abyss Company. And she released her song Gashina, which is like ultimate all time banger bop. Like it's one of my favorite songs of all time. But anyway. So moving on to Heartburn, I think it kind of goes along the same theme and vibe that we've actually seen from all of her songs since Kashina, uh, which is to say, it's a theme around being the misunderstood woman. Mm. Like, you know, it's always about being quirky or or different. And Heartburn, I think if I understood the, the lyrics and the concept correctly, it's probably based off of like some like Greek myth or something, but like, or based off of a sunlight or, or, or time itself. And so she has all these lovers, but she outages them all. So yeah, she's there. She wants to engage love, but um, she's misunderstood by her lovers. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just like it just because like one, like it's, it's a, you know, thought provoking song. Uh, I love the, the, the continued theme of the misunderstood woman, but also it's like you know, pinky out, fancy. I can play this at grown-up parties, um, <laughs> and people won't think it's like K-pop song.
2: Oh, I mean, shame on her lovers, really. Yeah, the
1: acoustic guitar and the bass, I really like in this song. And Tommy plays the bass, and there is mm-hmm. a cover where she actually played the bass of this song, which oh, I really wow. like.
0: Wow. Yeah, the the live acoustic version where she plays the bass is good. I think I prefer the studio version a little bit more, but uh, yeah, like as you call out, she learned to play the bass from the Wonder Girls comeback, Why So Lonely?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: or was it before that? I, I can't remember, but it was around that time that they all learned how to play instruments um, and they did reggae because reggae is easy to play.
1: <laughs>
0: Is it easier, easier, like you know, acoustically to, to play? Like you have
2: to do like a vibe, like, if you can't get the vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I really liked Why So Lonely. The what was it? The keyboard, the guitar, mm-hmm. the bass, and mm-hmm. the drums. I think those were the four instruments. Yeah,
0: so while we're on the topic of Sunmi, um. Let me actually just move up the outline here. I'd love to plug that. um, I've been in touch with K Events, and um, she's going on tour right now. So I'm going to also drop in the episode description a link where you can buy tickets, catch her live. Um, And I, she's someone who I've wanted to see live for the longest. Oh, she can be in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, she'll be in San Francisco on September
2: uh, 12th, 13th. I think. A Thursday. That, my husband has gotten on my case for spending too much on K-pop <laughs> and I was like, then make more money. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that.
0: Okay. Well, if if you really want to go, Virginia, I, I can, I can hook you up.
2: And, <gasps> and,
0: yeah, yeah, no, we, we can, we can make it a, a team fun outing thing. My wife and I are going, we're getting babysitters for the kids. So, nice. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't want to like cock a date Jeez. No, no i don't think it's gonna to come to that
0: i think you're good so <laughs> anyway okay so that's it for my hit replay um i think we've got the sellout hit replay the the, the hit replay we're gonna plug because we're, we're just adding it for the seo um, <laughs> the
2: sellout no call it the people's sellout hit replay <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, maybe being a little too honest there. <laughs> um, so it's Blackpink and in their song the Pink
1: Venom. Like. so
0: So yeah, if you didn't already know, Blackpink but if you know K-pop, you know Blackpink But they're the South Korean girl group Formed by YG Who I, for a time, called 2NE2 um, <laughs> no. Who were formed with members Jisoo, Jenny, Rose, and Lisa They debuted in 2016 With their dual title launch debut Of Whistle and Boombayah Boombayah I still play today Boombayah is what had it's a pretty good, song. good staying yeah. power So is Whistle Yes. Yeah, Whistles is a good song, but I, I think fans just don't dance to it as much as they do. Oh, amazing! Uh, yeah, are there other other stuff like Playing with Fire? And anyway, so yeah, their song Pink Venom. It's <laughs> black pink for sure. Like it, <laughs> it, it, in terms of look, concept, and sound, and cultural appropriation. Oh,
2: sorry.
0: What? What? Explain more of that.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, my jaw dropped.
0: <laughs> like. <laughs> Virginia, like, what, what, what do you tell tell us? What do you, what do you mean? Where are you seeing cultural appropriation? It's
2: this, it's the standard K-pop cultural appropriation, right? Like putting on blackness, wearing certain clothes, wearing like mm. copying a certain attitude or whatever. Like
0: the point dance in the song, they there? Well, the
2: hand behind the back.
0: Yeah, where they're though. showing their butts. It's like, okay, that, that's a bit more sexy, sultry than I've seen from Blackpink before.
2: Mm. Maybe. Did you not watch the partition performance where oh, JYP no, right. was super
0: creepy? You're right. <laughs> and also Lisa's Money, I guess. But, oh, that song is such a
2: banger. I'm sorry. That oh, yeah. Lisa's Banger
0: is a, a hella good song. I definitely play that song all the time. But I, I guess I was just surprised to see, like, oh, whoa, okay, that, that's a bit more. Sexy, I guess. than I, than I'm used to thinking from Blackpink as a group. So,
2: oh, I see, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. But they're like the hook is like really suggestive, right? Like, taste that pink venom. Like, you're what? What is the? Is this a? You know? Really? <laughs> like, no,
0: I don't know. Like, I, I'll, I'll be naive and dumb, but I really don't know what you mean. <laughs>
2: what, what, <laughs> why, why are we making me say this? <laughs> it's like, are we? Are we? Is this like? Are they talking about oral sex? Like, what is going on? What is the pink venom? I don't understand. Hmm. But I feel like we're. I'm a. I've. I derailed this conversation. I'm so sorry. But like uh in general, I really like the open. Like the open is like yes, me too. Yeah, like the the. I feel like the classical pink instrument often, that they've got. In the yeah. Beginning. And then I really like the black pink mm-hmm. the chanting which the they DNA. which mm-hmm. they repeat at the end, right? I really liked it. and then I feel like the rap parts were good. And then like the the weird bridges that they stuck in because they had to show off vocals, I guess. And then I'm like, what is going on? and then and then it goes to the hook, which is really catchy, which I didn't like what they did to Jenny's voice. You know, like they, when she's like, rapping or when she's singing. No, when she does when she goes, taste that pink venom. Mm. But, but like they they infantilized her voice a lot.
1: Ooh. Yeah, you know? very different from when she's rapping. I love her voice, like her deeper voice when she's rapping. Same. But, yeah.
2: yeah, and so so I like I really like the hook, but just the way they processed her voice or told directed her to like deliver that line mm. is sort of like. oh, But I'll you know I'll go with it because <laughs> I. Like, I see where they're going with it, but like, and then, and then it goes back to that weird, like singing part. And then it goes back to like being a beggar. (laughs) So it's like a very confusing song to me, but it it grows on you. I, I did not like it when I first heard it.
0: Yeah. I was in the similar camp of
2: like, the
0: first time I heard it, I was
2: like, okay.
0: Like, as I said at the beginning here, like, this is Blackpink's formula (laughs) again. (laughs) Um, You know, they're like limited discography, but (laughs) <laughs> I played it a few times now, and it is definitely a banger. Like, I really like it. Like, in fact, on our, we've got a local Bay Area K-pop Facebook group. A lot of people were saying, like, "Oh, you know, what's your reaction to this?" And I said, like, "Okay." You know, I, I don't really like it now, but I felt that way about a number of other songs. So, ask me again later. I'll probably jump on the bandwagon. And like, you know, just a day later, I wrote like, "Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon now. Like, I, I really like <laughs> it." So, like, I I think I see what you're saying, Virginia. Like, what was it? Um, I think it's after the second chorus. They've got the Lisa Jenny rap mm-hmm, section, mm-hmm. and it goes like a throwback to like '90s sort of like hip hop. Yeah. No, they
1: vibes. sampled like
2: multiple lines from multiple songs.
1: They sampled one line from Rihanna.
2: They did. They, they sampled upon the replay. They sampled the Biggie song. And I think they sampled another song. It's it's like it's like word for word, exactly the same. So oh, I didn't
0: I, even realize that.
2: Yeah. So there's like, it's on TikTok. <laughs> like, and the thing is, like, that's cool. And I, I, I'm sure they credited people, right? So it's not like, so I don't want to hear people talking about like plagiarizing or whatever, right? Like, but because yeah. people sample like or cover, I guess, rap rhythms and flows, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, um, and I think, I feel like if you're not really versed in hip hop, then, I mean, I didn't even notice it until it was pointed out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did really like the rap parts and I feel like they stitched those parts well together, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with your earlier point too, Virginia, about the beginning. They play a traditional Korean instrument called kumgo. Oh. I think it's, Jisoo or Jenny? I think it's Jisoo in the beginning who's playing that. Uh, It has the four strings um, Mm -hmm. and creates like a nice, like Korean influenced sound. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to see more of that kind of throughout the song, but it kind of disappeared after the first 10 seconds. Yeah.
0: Like, is it orientalizing to say like, I want the very Korean things?
2: I mean, they're Korean though. So it's, well, three
0: of them are. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But like as a Westerner, just to be like, I wanna see like so Korean Korean-ness, you know, and, and like K-pop music because I, I don't know. Because like I mean that that's the honest sentiment I have. Like, I would just love to see the things that like, you know, hey, this is our heritage. Yeah, this I don't is think who it's we orientalizing. Are.
2: yeah. Cause it's like um it's why people like dang, right? Or like uh, what was that one us song? Is it one us that they had? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Like and they're all in the humbugs and mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. It's just, it's not orientalizing because they're reclaiming it, right, and they're reinterpreting it into their own culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And who is to say that modernness has to be Western, Mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like why should they have to superimpose whiteness onto, or like, or not, not even whiteness, because arguably R and B, hip hop is black music that was appropriated by white people and then imported, right? Um, So yeah, I think it's just. Changing the music to fit your your heritage, right? That's what makes it cool. Versus like the dun, 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 oh dun, sure, right? That's a that's
0: like cliche, you know, right. in
2: itself. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Western one, I should say, mm-hmm. but yeah. Sonically, it follows the uh the Teddy Park to anyone, Black Pink, form Big Bang, YG mm. formula, where you've got a verse that tends to be in like a different instrumental vibe from the chorus. Yeah. yeah. And you go back and forth between that for the Mm -hmm. first two choruses. I think what's different with this is that they've got that throwback vibe for the, uh, the rap sequence after the second chorus. And then um, after the bridge, we've got Jisoo, AKA Park Bomb (laughs) doing the bridge. Then you go into the third YG party chorus where it's just like reinventing the chorus. And it's like, You know, they add lots of layers onto it. They maybe extend it by like, you know, 16 more beats or something.
1: A little dance break. Yeah, a dance break. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, like, if it ain't broke, like, I guess you can keep running with it. But to me, that was just something that stood out to me with the songs. Like, okay, we did it again. Teddy (laughs) Teddy strikes
2: again. Yeah. It's so funny that you said it's the YG formula. Because I guess I don't listen to enough YG music to know. Uh, it reminded me of like SM because SM smashes all those like genres together, and I really actually like the SM sound. So, so it's it's cool that you said that because before I was just like, oh, I guess YG is copying SM style, but it's not mm-hmm. the case at all. So that's cool.
0: Well, I, I feel like for SM Entertainment lately, they've been on the trend of of um, wonderful treasure find, aka mm-hmm. WTF. Oh. Um, <laughs> In, in their sound because like it makes you go like what the hell did I just listen to? And it's then you so like great. listen to it again, like sticker, espa songs,
1: illusion by Espa. I was like, Oh, at first, but I'm in love now. Yeah. Like so, I really like Espa. <laughs> but Espa's really
0: popular now. Like they are killing it. Um, oh, are they? Yeah, oh yeah. Like at least from my DJ perspective, like oh. Espa is requested. Everyone knows the choreography they dance to. Like, yeah, yeah. Espa is really killing it. So I think that's the formula or or the experiment Mm -hmm. that SM is going with right now. Just Mm -hmm. a lot of like, where the hell are we going sound.
2: Isn't it called like noisy music? Isn't that what they call it? Oh my God. You're going
0: to get me out of my like soapbox and old man, get off my lawn (laughs) vibe again. But just to go off on that really quickly... Kids nowadays aren't using the term noise music correctly. Like Oh,
2: they're not. Sorry. No,
0: no, no, no. Like noise music, like in its truest sense, like I, I hate like I guess in the English language, if you use it enough that, that becomes its meaning. Like people misuse the term or word literally enough. And then it, it when they really mean like figuratively or, or something different. <sighs> but na- now like literally means how people have misused it. It's anyway, its own antonym. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. unironically. But with noise music, it was originally for, like, atonal avant-garde. Oh. Like, you know, not even time signature, like, you know, sounds, a.k.a. noise. Got it. And um, it was very experimental stuff, right? Like, you know, let me break through this norm and, like, the physics of music. (laughs) <laughs> and like the the human like paradigm of like, you know, music composition to do something different. Mm. But when kids use the term noise music nowadays, they just mean banger. It's like, oh, it goes hard. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, that's how like us DJs re- refer to it. Like, okay, a banger is like a song that's going to like, it's going to have a bass heavy drop. It's going to have something that, you know, people go crazy to as soon as that, that drop hits. That's a banger. A banger are the songs that are like, you know, the top. 20 songs on the top 40 chart that people dance to mm-hmm. that you play between 11.30 and 12.30
2: at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, not to go off track, but... No, that was that. cool. Very yeah. specific,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, I, I understood the term noise music to be like random weird sounds. It oh, there's, there's
0: that too. Yeah, but like, see, the thing is, even with like sticker, right? Like, you know, five-year-olds learning how to play the recorder, like... <laughs> that could be like really grating on the ears. But if you look at the composition of those random notes from that seemingly dissonant sound, it's actually in key and in time. Mm. So it's like, it's not actually noise music. It's actually Uh not that random. And if you actually look at the composition of it,
2: this is
1: fascinating. Yeah. How artistic is that?
2: Oh, my one last comment about pink venom is that, I feel like that it's in common a lot with a lot of songs, where when you actually know the lyrics, you feel stupid. Oh. Like you feel dumber for having learned the lyrics, right? Like, la ta ta ta. No, I I don't even. You know what? Some people hate ratatatas and like la 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 la's and na na na's. Like I'm I'm agnostic about them, right? But the actual like English parts are the Korean lyrics. Like, well, apparently, uh, uh, K-pop sociology. You will have to like verify, but like apparently, like the korean lyrics don't make sense the english yeah, lyrics for sure don't going make sense on, yeah like so like and combined together it's just like gibberish combined with more gibberish and like i'm just really sick of songs where you just declare how badass you are but mm-hmm. like you have nothing in your lyrics or like like no discography subsets. to back it up yeah right like and this is no shade to blackpink as like a group or whatever because they obviously can only make what they're given right like that's, right. that's not their fault. But like everything is like, "Oh, we're so badass. Don't hate us cuz we're bad." And we we're, we're so awesome and, da, da, da. and and it's like if you have to say that often, it's not true. You know what I mean? I guess, but, but like, I isn't mean? all like hip-hop rap music uh, like that? Sure. But it's particularly noticeable when it's a there's a dearth of other music. <laughs> you know. Okay. What I mean? you know but like but mostly it's and i don't even mind that because that's the whole girl crush vibe right like that's the thing like oh we're cool we're and you look at them and the 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 way they're presented you're like yeah that'd be cool if i could be that cool right or like that badass it's just that the lyrics are so stupid
0: straight to your dome like whoa whoa
2: whoa oh my god straight to your dome like ha ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And I I hate myself for knowing it.
1: This is a pre-release, and the full album will come out on September 16th. So there will be like a formal title track, which I hope has a little bit more lyrics, a little bit more flow. I assume the vibe will be
2: different from this. I mean, is how many tracks are on this album? Like five?
0: (sighs) I don't know. Plus the instrumental, plus the remix. So the longest (laughs) album they've ever dropped, right? Yeah. Honestly uh, it works though. Like I think from a commercial point of view it's it's working for them. From a fan point of view it's working for them. Like
1: we waited 2 years almost yeah. for this. Oh really? Yeah.
2: I mean, look, though, like, isn't that the thing nowadays, though, to not drop full albums, right? Like the thing is now just to drop a bunch of singles and string them along. And then finally you have enough singles and then you make an album and then that album is automatically platinum because you've already sold all these singles, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that like the Sam Smith method? I guess. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I'll buy it.
0: But like, if I could just like reset the, the conversation on Blackpink real quick, as we've said on the show before, like, there's no hiding that Blackpink and many other K-pop artists are wearing hip-hop as an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I think especially the case here, right? Mm -hmm. But if I can just appreciate it for what it is, like acknowledging that these lyrics are nonsensical, but, you know, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel empowered. And I like the jam. I like the vibes. I like the energy. Then, you know, what's to stop you? Like, I, I, I fully support people who who feel that way. Like I feel that way about a lot of other Western top 40 songs. <laughs> like, like, at like any like black eyed pea song. Oh, I hate black. Eyed so, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, I'm, I'm not hating on anyone who likes this song. And again, I myself count myself in that camp of people who acknowledge that this is campy, Be kitschy, stupid, but like, I love it for mm-hmm. what it is.
2: Well, that's the thing, right? Like, when I do K-pop reaction videos, people are like, like, because I totally panned the uh, Benny Blanco collab. My friend called it the musical equivalent of a pity fuck, and um, or just a sellout for the fandom. Really, I mean, it's it's basically Maroon Five's sugar, right? Like, oh yeah, 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 right. <laughs> with right. a really mediocre rap by Snoop Dogg. So, like, it's. I mean, I feel like I have no leg to stand on because I love. Justin Bieber's Yummy, which is like legitimately the worst (laughs) song of 2020. (laughs) But so popular. And yet it's so catchy. Like, I feel like those lyrics are probably stupider than Pink Venom, right? So like, I hate gatekeeping people from music, right? Like, oh, that's not Mm -hmm. real music or that's not real hip hop. That's not real K-pop or whatever. And at the same time, like, I recognize it's not that serious, but... At the same time, it is serious, right? Because it reflects culture and we refl- it reflects the zeitgeist, right? And so therefore we should examine it. So like you, it can be both things, right? Like you can critically, like kind of what K-pop sociology does on her YouTube channel, right? Like she critically examines these things and like these issues in K-pop and you're like, okay, is it that really that serious? And you're like, but it is kind of serious, <laughs> right? So I feel like it can be both. So I don't want to hear people Mm -hmm. going like, oh, just let it be. It's just, it's just pop. It's not so serious. And that's true. It is not that serious. And we can demand better, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. enjoy it, but also recognize it could be elevated.
1: Yes. It's not either
2: or. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, with that being said, let's move the show along. So moving on to our how you doing, our how you thing, or just content, or hot issue or K-pop news that you wanted to discuss, let's hand it over to K-pop sociology. So what would, how are you doing K-pop sociology? Uh, what, What in the how you world would you like to talk about or share?
1: Yes, I would like to talk about Street Man Fighter, which episode one started airing this week. And for those who might not be familiar, Street Man Fighter or SMF is a dance crew competition program aired by Mnet. Um, there are eight kind of male dance crews who battle it out uh, for the number one prize. And you might recognize some of the choreographers behind very popular K-pop dances like New Jean's Hype Boy, Seventeen's Hot, Super M's Tiger Inside, Twice As Likely, and many, many more. This is a continuation of Street Woman Fighter, which was another dance comp- crew competition show that aired last year that gained a lot of popularity. I like watching this because you get kind of like an inside scoop of who makes the choreography. These are often dancers who dance on stage with a lot of the K-pop idols. And there's a little bit of a competition between those who create choreography for more like commercial uses versus more underground kind of uh hip hop scene, uh, away from the commercial world. Anyway, interesting kind of rivalry there, but there was a controversy with the chief producer when in a press conference, someone asked, you know, what's your observation or difference between straight man fighter with a male cruise versus the street woman fighter with a female cruise. And he said, um, male participants displayed loyalty and pride more often compared to the female participants who mainly uh. exhibited jealousy and greed. He <laughs> received a lot of criticism about his comments seeming sexist, and he yeah. apologized since. But I couldn't agree more and just kind of be sad about the fact that he could look at the what to me, is very similar levels of passion and professionalism. And you're right, there's a little bit of heat on the dance floor, but to interpret that as jealousy for the female dancers, but pride for the male dancers, seems like a double standard. Seems like a very large kind of generalization. So other than these kind of controversies, it's a very fun uh, show. You know how Mnet likes to do it. uh, Very Mm -hmm. kind of, what's the right word, like competitive and... (laughs) um, spicy um so episode one is just out and more to come oh
0: what's this apology like i'm sorry (laughs) if i made you feel that way
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think he said something along the lines of like the spirit of street man fighter is to like promote like growth and like expansion of the dance scene not to like shame on each other and like my statements did not reflect that. So there was more than just like, oh, I'm sorry, mm. but it wasn't, these apologies are kind of hard because, you know, like he like writes it on Twitter and a bunch of people replies to it, but mm.
2: maybe like a five out of 10 <laughs> apology. <laughs> like forced apologies <laughs> always suck, right? Yeah. Like, like you you, even if it's like the best apology in the world, and I'm not saying this one was <laughs> like, yeah. There's no, no actual winning it, right? <laughs> so.
1: But I do like that um, fans or just people on the internet called him out and mm. then he responded. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's important to call out things for what they are yeah. um, and hopefully no more sexist comments.
2: Do you think it's reflective of the environment in Korea at the moment, the political environment where like feminism mm. is like a huge... No, no, or like, you know what? We're probably getting into like completely I have a lot to stuff but, <laughs> but maybe for I'll, next I'll time. stop us. Sorry. No, Peter. no,
0: I, I, I really want to hear the sociology's answer to that. Like, I think maybe you can give us like the, the brief description and then we dive more of future episode. But like, I, I really want to hear what you have to yeah, you think about. I
1: think um, the word sexism and feminism are mm-hmm. being used. Way more in the last two to three years than in the past, I don't know, 15 years combined in Korea. So like naming, identifying, demanding, those are all, I think, positive, progressive ideals. But I also see a lot of extremism in saying like, oh, if you're labeled as a feminist, then you're also ABC, all these kind of stereotypes. So Mm. we're, I think, in an early kind of phase where feminism and talking about mm, sexism is becoming a little bit more normalized, but still a lot of progress to, to make. So I think the comment itself is reflective of some of the sexism actually going on. But the apology and the demand of the apology afterwards is also reflective of people having terminology uh, to call things out in public.
2: That's really mm. cool. And I do want to clarify, I don't mean to say it in a way of like, the West is judging Korea, because oh, yeah, um, I, right. I just want to fully acknowledge that America, where I am based and live and grew up and was born, is not really winning on this feminism. <laughs> 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 front, We're not doing so hot. Yeah. Right? Like, so, you know, pot, kettle, whatever. <laughs> I just, yeah. So I just want to make that clear. This is not a a slam of sorts.
0: Okay. Well, let's move on. So, Virginia, your turn. What, what's, okay. how are you doing? What's your how you content thing?
2: Well, uh, I'm recently obsessed with this. I guess it's a, it's not, is it a group, a platform, Bombing Tiger? And I'd, I've heard of their name before, possibly because it's, you know, in reference to Tiger Bomb but i never really looked up their music or whatever until i found out this week that rm of bts is featuring on a track called sexy nukim i think which translates to like sexy feeling and i have lots of feelings about rm on a, on a track called sexy feeling <laughs> i'm really actually a little bit upset about it uh, and then the preview i heard was like this this like, like like this like deep booming bass and you're just like well shit <laughs> all right then i guess it's good i'm already pregnant um so I looked up a, up a bunch of their like songs. They, they The group describes themselves as like a multinational alternative K-pop band. And they just, I mean, they rap in like Korean, English, Spanish, like all sorts of stuff. And they're all like, uh, several of them, I think are third culture kids, you know, and like, mm. have, uh, and it's just, they're really, they don't have a ton of tracks. I think there's that, there's five on Spotify. I'm sure if I've looked. Harder, I would find like features because it's like a like, nine member crew and it includes like film producers, like video concept people. And like, um so it's not just music and produ- production, but it's also it's like a whole kind of package thing. And they're just really, really good. I've I feel like their description is pretty accurate, like multinational stateless alternative K-pop. Do you think their target audience is like
1: English speaking folks around the world or?
2: Mm. Uh, I think they were just in Europe, Ah. you know? So like they're very like, uh, I want to say sometimes they remind me of Linkin Park Hmm. because it's like a mix of like rock. But they have these like driving bass lines like they're like the beat is just so heavy hitting and so dirty and so like and then like. I think in one article I read, like they, they mentioned something about how uh, they feel like Korea is a really great place to have this type of music because K-pop already combines so many different genres. So their mix of things is really apt, I guess. And it's just, they're just so cool. <laughs> like you listen to it and you're like, oh, I'm cool for knowing about this band. So I, I don't know how to explain it other than that, but just like... I wish I could be that cool or like that. I feel like this is what hip hop should be, right? Like that's mm. that's the feeling of it. Like, oh, this is the primal hip hop, but with like rock and alternative and like pop vibes and less pop. But like, yeah, I'm just babbling now, but I really, really fuck with them. So
1: Yay. <laughs> please check them out. I listened to the teaser, but it was only eight seconds
2: long, which is not enough for me. No, Yeah, but you, yeah just go and listen. I, I really like... Uh, The tracks "Armadillo" and "Colo Colo." I mean, there's only five of them, so you'll just hear them. (laughs) them But like, they're they're um yeah, I guess a lot of um dance crews like using their music. So,
1: Peter, how you doing? (laughs) Thanks.
0: Thanks. Yeah, so I didn't have um as much of a like K-pop Korean how you specific thing. Um, as much as I just wanted to share, like I've been doing so many like K-pop events this summer, like mm. more than ever before, and I feel like it's like I don't know, people are coming out of COVID. Obviously, COVID is still around, so uh, I'm doing an event in a couple weeks in San Jose, organized by the city. One thing I just want to call is like random dance games are getting really big with the Gen Four group. But not only are random dance games getting bigger, but Relay dance competitions. Are are you guys familiar with this? No. Concept? Mm -mm. Okay. So I've seen two across like the different events I've done recently this summer. There's two formats. There's one where it's like solo free-for-all where it's like whoever's left standing on the stage is the winner. And then there's another version where you break off into teams. So are are you guys like familiar with like the relay dance videos that you typically view in like the like mobile-friendly format? Like where you see like... Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're familiar with a relay, like watching those YouTube videos and you see everyone like line up and they take turns. um, Sometimes the soloist, the backup dancers will take turns up in the queue. Imagine that times five. So having like five or six groups or five or six relays. And each time me as a DJ plays a song, they'll take turns who's in in the front of the row. And if you know the choreography, you stay up. But if you don't know... You're kicked off, right? Oh, so you go through like multiple songs and cycles, and you're, like whichever team is left standing, with like the remaining group oh. members wins. So that's one version. There's also another like free for all version where it's like just one person, uh, oh. so it's not based off a team. And so like with that version, they'll they'll reshuffle and reshort uh, resort each of the lines so that there's an even number mm. of people per row, but. It's it's really fun to watch. Like, honestly, it's like the next K-pop, how you like fan experience thing. Like I can really see it taking off.
1: Wow, Wow, I feel like that's really good because sometimes in the random dance where they count three, two, one and everyone rushes to the dance floor, you can get by with not knowing the choreography real well <laughs> if you're kind of like behind someone or you know you just kind of look at someone, but when it's a relay dance, the attention is on you, and you have to really know your moves
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: well, I mean, there's like two different or multiple different paradigms. One can look at this, right? Like, is it supposed to be a competition? In the relay dance competition, yes, it's a competition, mm, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, is random dance supposed to be mm. a competition? Oh, that's just for fun, right? Right. That, that's been my opinion anyway. But I mm-hmm. think what I've been hearing from a lot of the different like dance teams and K-pop dancers I, I socialize with, they they describe it as, especially with like the Gen Four kids, like the the newbies, it's all about flexing and being seen. It's oh, all about. That's annoying. Oh, let me get like a good spot in front of the camera to really show i know my stuff
2: is it because people can parlay that into is it because of social media they can parlay that into like a career oh, oh I, like a spotlight fandom know. maybe because one of my friend's kids was at uh K-Con this weekend and she was one of the girls chosen to dance uh, for luna Yes. oh yeah that's right I, I heard about that at k-con right yeah she was one of them and she was amazing and i was like holy shit
0: yeah yeah maybe possibly like i've got issue with just the scene lately like the gen 4 sorry i like keep like ref- referring to the, the gen 4 like, <laughs> K-pop fan fandoms, like- <laughs> yeah no, for real though um but like the, the kids these days uh It's all about knowing the choreography and showing that you know the choreography rather than dancing to the music and having a good time, Mm. whether you know the choreography or not. And that's the biggest difference I've seen between doing like Gen 2 21 and up events versus like all ages events. It's like, well, for one, Gen 2 events, they'll actually buy alcohol. (laughs) because <laughs> um, they're like, old enough <laughs> yeah but or even if disposable they are income, like right? even, even if they are like even if it's like like barely 21 and up event or like all ages and there's a bar available people won't buy alcohol there oh. which is really problematic for a lot of the venues where like right. bar sales is where they make most of their money but yeah I, I just wish we can get to a point where like K-pop fans feel comfortable dancing yeah. and vibing to songs that they don't know the choreography to you can still have a good time.
2: Wait, yeah, yeah. how do, how do, how do they get any traction at a club then? Like you can't get traction at a club if you have unless you know what I mean? Like if so you traction
0: as the, like as an event promoter or or
2: like I guess if the expectation is you have to know the choreography to dance to the song, then it kind of fucks over people who want to like make K-pop mainstream outside of Korea, right? Because then when you play the music, people don't feel like you can dance to it unless if you know the choreography. You know what I mean. So then, if people don't dance, then there's no reason to play it, right? Because then, that ruins it's like a the negative whole...
1: feedback, right? Wave. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, unless I have, unless if I have wrong.
1: Well, I
0: I think again I I am not a Gen Z. <laughs> Sorry, like, I like I'm I'm like talking patronizingly like about like people who could turn out to these events that like I DJ, but um, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, I I think if I understand their perspective correctly, granted I might not, but if I was to speak on their behalf, <laughs> it's not about trying to make it mainstream. It's about oh. I work so hard about learning all this choreography. Now let me show you, let me, let me be seen. Let me demonstrate all this hard work I did in memorizing and learning all these different choreographies and doing it well.
2: But they do realize that if the music doesn't catch on and doesn't make money for their artists, then they won't get more songs.
0: I think when they view success for their artists, it's not even in the financial commercial sense like in tracking sales, I think they're often looking like, yeah, they're like, well, I've got more views on YouTube. Like that's how they view commercial Mm. success, even though that doesn't always translate to commercial success.
2: It's Yeah. None. (laughs) There's like no correlation. Well,
0: yeah. And the other thing is like, not only is it not like sales commercial correlation, but also like, of quality. (laughs) Uh. Just because I have, you know, X million more views than you, that means mine is better.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Daybok or not rapid fire. So in this section, I'll like name a thing and then we can each go around saying whether we're Daybok
2: or not on that thing. What if we don't know anything about it?
0: Um, I, I can maybe give you a little bit of background.
2: Okay. I mean I, I haven't heard it, like the Ives sampling. Uh yeah, I, I I can
0: talk about it really briefly here. But yeah, and then also on, on that note, like you can interpret the prompt however you want. Oh,
2: okay. Mm.
0: So you, you and you can provide your your reasoning for why you're Dayback or not. But but the the, the 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 point is to be quick and more rapid fire here. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So are you Daebach or not on Ives? After, like, sampling or paying homage to the disco classic, I Will Survive.
2: I haven't heard it, but in general, why not? Daebak. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I,
0: I, was, I was assuming that you would have said not on that. Uh, I mean, Virginia, I hate that I song, think you, Oh,
2: like, okay. I, I hate I Will Survive because it's like a cliche now, right? But that doesn't mean that it's a bad sample. I
1: think they did yeah. a nice twist to it. And then in the bridge when Ray the rapper uh, sings, my heart just beats with it so much. Oh. I feel like I've listened to it so much since it came out maybe like 3 days ago. I have to listen then. Her voice is so good. The bridge is my favorite favorite part with the disco-inspired beats. Definitely the Oh,
2: then maybe I won't like this. Peter That's why Peter said this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cuz I hate disco. <laughs> yeah okay um maybe not
1: (laughs) peter (laughs) would you say it's Tebak? uh
0: (laughs) i think the the process of sampling and paying homage to like the classics like the oldies is good but in this case the execution is not i i actually don't like how they use i will survive in the song so Mm. i would say not yeah it's really funny dj john and the slack was joking like uh, all these K-pop fans are gonna be like, "Oh man, why did Gloria like Gaynor like copy have <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so You've seen that before from K-pop fans. Oh, okay. really? yeah, oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's move on to the next one. Okay, are you Daybak or not on NCT ticket sales and the two stop tour?
1: Debac, sorry, debac about the tour, not debac about the two stops. Yes, that.
0: I would say I'm actually Tabak all around um, oh. on the two stops. Yeah. Like, yeah, because you're like,
2: in one of the stops. <laughs> no, he, he no, isn't. No, oh, I, wait, the stop is, is uh, yeah. Los Angeles and New York. Oh, it's in Los Angeles and New York. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's why That's why I agree with you because I don't want to drive to fucking LA. <laughs> <laughs> see
0: them. I'm actually pro Taibok on this because like even I, I'm looking at more from like the company perspective. Like mm. those boys, especially for a group that large, like. You know, it's hard to get schedules right. No. Um and any tours at all is a win. Like, yes, obviously as fans, we would like to, to hit like every city in the world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like that that's just not feasible. That's that's, a good that's just point. not practical. That just doesn't scale. Is um, it at least
2: multiple multiple shows per stop?
0: No, like, they don't have enough time.
2: Oh, so I mean, cause like Harry Styles has like a residency at Madison Square Garden.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But I think with, you know, with this group and, you know, just production demands Mm -hmm. being what they are, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they have time in the schedule for an extended tour. Although I did see jokes around this being like, oh, that's what they would have called a world tour back in like the SM town days or (laughs) (laughs) or back in like Gen 2.
1: World tour. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, moving on. Are you guys Daybok or not on KCon returning to being in person? Daybuck. Yeah. Daybuck. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe I should have changed that too. Are you Daybuck or not on uh, the KCon World Tour? Oh, what does that mean? So KCon is going on tour. I don't know if you know this, Virginia, because uh-huh. apparently their San Francisco stop didn't do as well.
2: It didn't sell out. Oh, I, <laughs> know. I didn't even know they were in San Francisco. So when you mentioned, when someone in the Slack mentioned it, I was like, uh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've been uh trying to scale it so that they can take the concert to more cities outside of the main
2: conferences. So Well, had I known I would have bought it, but I didn't know it even existed until after the fact. And then I was like, Oh,
1: maybe that's why <laughs> they didn't do a good job of
2: marketing it. No, because I heard about camp and I almost bought it.
0: Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So are you guys stay back or not on the on the tour? On the tour.
1: Where are they going? Which cities do they want to? <laughs> it's all in the U.S., right?
0: Yeah, it was all U.S. Mm. and poor Europe, man. That sucks. Yeah, I know it always sucks to be in Europe. So San Francisco, Minneapolis, Houston, Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, they, I bet you they, they never got anything, so they've got to be happy about that. Um, and then Houston, <laughs> Texas, Atlanta, and New York.
2: Okay, those make sense.
0: Minneapolis. Yeah, they're up next. They're oh, they're actually. Oh they were yesterday it looks oh. like I'm on the, uh, the at the time of the, uh, this recording
2: but yeah No I'm bummed I missed it. So I guess debak because I'm bummed I missed it. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, me too. Debak for more in-person gatherings of people either showing off that they know the dance or enjoying the dances together at a concert. I also think KCON does a really good job of showcasing artists who might not have as much either financial capital or social Mm -hmm. capital to go on a tour themselves and just promote maybe two or three songs and get them all in kind of like a bundle situation. So definitely da Yeah,
2: that's a really good point. Yeah. And it's definitely value for a person who just likes a bunch of groups, right?
1: Multi-stands.
0: Yeah, especially here in the U.S. There's so many multi-stands, multi-fans. Okay. Are you guys debac or not on the big titty committee merch?
2: Debac, <laughs> I bought some to wear ironically.
1: Oh. I actually had to look this one up. And is it is it uh, what's his name from Card?
2: Yeah, Big uh, Big BM. Matthew. Big Matthew.
1: That's right, BM from big Card. Big Titty Gang. <laughs> I was like, what could this be? So I had to look it up. But the cause is great. Yeah. And the look of the merch is not bad either.
2: I bought the black and white striped one and I didn't realize there was stuff on the back. So the front says BTG, Big Titty Gang. And the back says, save a titty, join the committee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm like, what is this? And I guess they're donating a portion of sales to breast cancer research, That's right, that's right. right. So it's, I, I think it's so awesome. <laughs> Great cause, um, and funny that you didn't know
1: <laughs> said that in the back. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I don't really pay attention necessarily to the merch I buy. I just buy a lot of merch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm debunked on that as well. I, I just wish BM did it a lot sooner, like when he first was a meme, like a few years ago around Big Aww. Titty Committee. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Are you guys debunked or not on KCON High Do you know, know what this is? is. mm hmm Okay, uh, at the risk of biasing your opinion, it's this creepy <laughs> AF thing where like idols stand in like a glass like cage.
1: What? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I didn't know they called it a high wave. That's funny because it's like, like a high five people? and a wave, right?
2: Yeah. With like actual people or like like a yeah the statue? idols
0: like 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 they're animals in a zoo. That's terrible.
2: Like is is it to protect them from COVID? Like I don't understand this concept.
0: I don't know what the presumably maybe it's to move like move the line along a little bit faster and like stop sausings and safety, maybe. Oh, I don't is this know.
2: like to replace the high touch events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's creepy. I don't like that. Yeah.
0: I mean, K-pop sociology. Do you do you know? It sounds like maybe you're a little familiar with this. Sorry.
1: I think um, my understanding, and I might be wrong, is that before you could like shake hands with the artists mm-hmm. if you got like the VIP package, and then that became that caused them problems, and it turned into a high five where you can't like physically attack or get too close to the artist. But during COVID, you know those glass frames. Basically between like if you go to the nail salon or if you go Mm -hmm. to an office, for example, they might have those glass doors or if you go to the bank or a reception desk or whatnot. I thought it was more of that and you just kind of wave to your artist. So the artists are standing still and the fans are moving along in a single file line and waving to folks. Uh. I've seen good videos where people will like show different signs. So if there are five members, you'll have five different signs for each of them and they'll say sweet messages of like what you compliment or like about them. Um, And it's a way to kind of replace the high touch while displaying messages so that they can only see it through their eyes. So I thought it was like a COVID-safe pibok. But maybe from an artist's point of view, they might feel like animals in a cage. I feel like it's good for like COVID safety reasons. Okay,
2: I'm down with COVID safety. I'm not down with... I didn't realize it was like replacing that. I thought it was just like... Yeah. They're standing in a thing and they wave. Well, 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 in
0: practice they are, yeah. Well, yes, but but like... (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually Daebok on that. Okay. I like I, I think we need to normalize that. You know? Yeah. Boundaries safety. are good.
2: Yes. But if it's BTS and they do it, I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a fan who like wants to
1: high five your bias, it's not Tibok. But as like for the safety of the artists.
2: Yeah. yeah. And also people get sick. Mm, yeah, monkeypox. Right. Well, yeah, not just that, but like just regular sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Airborne. Like, Pathogens, uh, yeah. yeah. So, are you guys gay back or not on Attorney
2: Woo? Uh, Debak to the young to the Tong to the good to the family. <laughs> 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 the
1: greeting is so popular on social media, and I think it's, it's so cute. cute.
2: It's okay. So I hope I
1: didn't butcher the pronunciation. <laughs> no, you did well.
2: You did great.
0: K-pop sociology is like so like supportive and I know. enduring. She's it's like, like <laughs> we horribly mispronounce something. She like good job
2: like, no I'll say, say it I'll say it, it. Like, it's mispronounced okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. should be that gracious to people when they like butcher Chinese and instead I'm just like no, <laughs> no don't I'm do learning that. Mandarin right now oh are you oh yes very exciting so hard but do um, Koreans hard I don't know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> Extraordinary Attorney Wu, I think, is a very popular K-drama in Korea. I'm currently watching it only on episode like six or something, but uh, the main character uh, is on the autism spectrum, but she went to the top law school and works as an attorney, encounters various uh, cases. And I think it like highlights a lot of stereotypes, unfortunately, that society has about people who are on the spectrum? Um, very touching, but also really funny and cute at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just Daybok on it just for the the cute little thing you guys said <laughs> at the top. So, all right, are you guys debac or not on Twices talk that talk?
1: Who's gonna
2: say it first? I mean, I feel like it's very twice. Yeah, it's a song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a
2: good <laughs>
0: It's a song <laughs> by Twice, so it's got that going for it.
2: It's very bubblegum, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a Twice fan, then it's debak. I don't prefer that genre of music.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say it's not. Yeah, um, yeah, not yeah.
1: debak for me either.
0: Yeah, I on, honestly like. I've listened to a lot of Twice songs that I really like, and I'll, I'll even say from like all the gigs I've done this summer, Twice is. Like hands down the most dance to a group. Like oh, everyone knows twice songs. Like it gets the most number of people on the floor. Mm-hmm. It is the number one most like requested song group, more than BTS, like more than anything else. But I have to say Talk That Talk was like the least uh creative work I've ever seen from them today. <laughs>
1: Oh, wow! Wow!
0: All the way going back to UWA. Like honestly, like I Ooh,
1: was good.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, but maybe not. Maybe Peter disagrees, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, it was, I think, a, a sign of how old they were. Like you know, the members at that time. But like talk about talk. Like you know, you know they're older now, so they're trying to be more. I think the the costuming is, is maybe a little bit more mm. grown up. I just I,
2: didn't like the cheap, trashy lingerie part. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. The other parts are fine. Yeah. I also think this is
1: the first uh, song with all nine members after they renewed their contract with JYP. Yep. Oh. So I had big expectations on kind of launching like a chapter two or like a next mm-hmm. phase of their career. But I didn't get that strong impression.
2: Wasn't it marketed also sexier? Right. Wasn't yeah, it like everyone saying like, mature. oh, yeah, like, oh, all their outfits are so sexy. And like, and so I was expecting that when I watched it and I was like, this is the same. That they do, <laughs> yeah, it felt
0: felt very uh, safe territory for them, mm. and because they're twice, it's gonna do well.
2: <sighs> I mean, sometimes you just need to make money.
0: Yeah, so not payback. Yeah. But like, like, I feel the same way about Fancy, and then Fancy blew up, yeah. and now I play it all the time, and oh. I feel good about Fancy. So, like, you know, I, I I reserve the right to be like wrong and change my mind on that later. But like, right now, it, it's not payback. But mm. okay changing gears are you guys Debak or not on mark twan's far away i
2: you know fun fact he has the same last name as i do he just spells it the taiwanese way and mine's the pinyin way oh mm. yeah same last name so i feel like i want to support him but um it, I, I feel uh, it's just like a normal pop song right like but he drops the f-bomb in it he does every hook he does yeah It's a pretty hook. It's a pretty chorus, but I already forgot what it sounds like. So I think that means, I think that means not. Me too. I think it might, uh,
1: it might grow on me later, but in the first few plays, I would say not Tebak for my personal taste.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if I was the target audience for this one. Um, (laughs) but yeah, similar, not, I think, you know, if you're going to break the mold and legacy of where you came from, you need a you still need to succeed in whatever new format they're mm. going for. And just because it's a new format for you doesn't give you an excuse to say like, it's okay. That it's like, not, you know, top caliber stuff,
2: but okay. I do, I do feel like it's on par with how I feel about God 7 music in general, though. Oh, really? Uh, and, uh, apologies to the, is it uh, the Agassiz. Augustus, yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I like God Seven's personalities more than i like their music in general like i like about Mm. 40 to 50 percent of their songs and then the other half time i'm like "Ah." but jackson
0: wang though Mm. like everything he's done since i've really loved it it, more so than got seven yes yes okay moving us along last daybok or not are you daybok or not on Ipaki, if i'm saying that correctly K-pop sociology. How do you pronounce the Korean this?
1: pronunciation is apokki, but I oh. that's not a Korean word, so I think apokki is probably the English pronunciation. Apokki okay. is the a-pok-ki. Korean pronunciation. Okay,
2: is it um, is it an
1: acronym? I don't think so. I think it's like key. I think is used often to refer to something digital. I think
0: oh mm. like
1: Pokemon right oh, maybe I don't know yeah, that would
0: I can be see my that. guess. Awesome. Yeah, no, there's nothing that connection there. Anyway, a po-key? Uh Anyway, her, their, them, it, its song, uh, West Swing, featuring E40 from the hell hyphy Bay Area. <laughs> I know, I'm um, so embarrassed for him. <laughs> or to put it another way, as Michaela put it in our Slack, does cultural misappropriation for Korean anthropomorphic bunny idols apply? Like, do, are they are they are green anthropomorphic bunny idols held to the same misappropriation standards?
2: <laughs> Is it an so, actual bunny, though? I thought it was like a person with a bunny ears. It's got um.
1: I think it refers to herself and, as a bunny. No. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. So you know? I'm a little speechless on this one. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go not on that, even though it's got E40 um
2: the e-40 line the e-40 verse was okay until he called out yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and you're like ah, that was weird
0: (laughs) it's like what
2: universe
0: am i in where like e-40 is in this like (laughs) virtual k-pop title thing it's so weird
1: He's a person, you know what I mean? Like in the thing, there's her and then there's him and the merge of those two worlds. I don't know. I don't know.
2: It was just really confusing. I didn't understand what I was looking at and I didn't understand if I'm supposed to be offended or like confused. Like it was just, it was, it made me uncomfortable and I did not enjoy sitting in that discomfort for the three minutes that it was. But, but, but. If I had just heard the song, I probably would have liked it okay. Mm-hmm. It was the oh, video. Okay, it's
0: got that going for it.
2: Right? Like, I feel like the song itself is not objectionable.
0: You okay, know? that's good.
2: But the video, that was weird. <laughs>
0: I mean, look, it, it's... I, I don't know the bunny's full background, but she's got braids and she's got the... Um, what do you call it? Like the bandana tied up yeah. on your head. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very, uh, oh, and the, the chains and the big hoop earrings. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me feel like that was heavily appropriated.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's further confusing because I can't, I, can, I know it's a, I guess it's a animal, but it's shaped like a person. Like, is she Korean? <laughs> yeah, is she Korean? Is she white? Is is does race not exist for bunnies? I don't, is it like virtual an an, bunnies,
0: right? Is it yeah. like
2: an virtual anime situation where people are like, "Whoa," <laughs> you know? so, like I don't. It just yeah, I'm just more like, ah.
0: I dev I think we all feel <laughs> weird and off about it. Yeah, but like that's all. This like, if there's a different way, I should be looking at it. Like I'm all ears. <laughs> ears you're all banners. Yeah, sure, sure, all that, <laughs> all those things. But right now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling good about this.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: not Tibak. Yeah, not. Okay, well, that concludes Tiba um, <laughs>
0: yes! or not. In this long no. episode, it's time to promote your things. So, let's go K-pop sociology first. Yes,
1: my name is K-pop sociology. I make. Videos mainly on YouTube, but on other channels too. So if you look up K pop sociology on YouTube, I should be the first one to come up. Please give it a listen and
2: subscribe. Yes, in Virginia. Uh, I guess just follow me on socials. I'm occasionally funny and mostly I just scream about how I want Sugar to marry me. But I'm The Mandarin Mama on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm at DJ Peter um, don't forget You can follow all of us at The K pop cast on twitter um just in terms of things to promote catch out the reminder check out the Sunmi tour we've got a link to that in the episode description and i've got two upcoming gigs maybe i'll plug so i think this episode should come out the day before my gig at sac anime oh We're doing lots of k-pop pdm hip-hop stuff yeah that's that's a place where i'll play i'll juxtapose e40 with, with k-pop <laughs> and then uh, we've got another one up on the I think it's September 15th in San Jose um, out in the park in front of the uh, what was it? the San, San Jose Museum of Art so if you're in the Bay Area coming out it's a free event um, seven to nine yeah okay so that concludes the episode and don't forget to do- Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. And we've got a KCON episode next week. I know Michaela covered the show, so we should, it should be the next episode. So stay tuned for that. And thanks guys for, for joining in. Thank you everyone. Thank
2: you for having us.